Today is January 23rd, 2024. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan, and this is the professional wrestling edition of the podcast. It's late January, so you already know it's one of the biggest weekends in all of wrestling. And like Vince McMahon in the early 90s, I am fired the hell up to preview the 2024 version of the Winter Classic. But before I get into that, there's been a ton of other news in the WWE world. And the most important actually happened today. Two huge headline-grabbing moves by WWE. First off, in January of 2025, one year from now, WWE Raw will be airing on Netflix exclusively after signing a 10-year Five billion dollar contract. Billion with a B. Insane for WWE. In addition to that, The Rock has been appointed to the board of directors for TKO, meaning The Rock will have power in both WWE and UFC. He signed a two year, $30 million deal. This is monumental. He also gets officially gets rights to The Rock name. If you didn't know, The Rock actually didn't own that name. It was a property of WWE, considering they created the character. But The Rock is now on board for at least two years in a high position of power within WWE and technical UFC, because TKO is the conglomerate that owns UFC and WWE. So what does this mean? I mean, first off, with Raw going to Netflix, as a fan, I am glad that it's moving to Netflix. I think... It's something new. It brings an opportunity to put wrestling at the forefront for people who normally wouldn't have their mind on wrestling. Think about Netflix. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're subscribed to Netflix or at least know someone who's subscribed to Netflix. So the average person is on Netflix watching whatever show they want, Stranger Things, Cobra Kai, two great shows, by the way. But if you're going on there to watch your normal show and it's on Monday night, WWE is going to be front and center Monday Night Raw plastered in your face. Is everyone going to click it and watch it? Of course not. But it's a chance to put it out there to say, hey, this is going on right now. Tune in. Find out what's going on. Maybe we'll have The Rock on. Maybe we'll have Brock Lesnar, CM Punk, names that people are familiar with, and that could create new viewers. And I think that's an amazing thing for WWE. How could you not, as a wrestling fan, how could you not want that? And how could you not want more eyes on the product? I think this puts more eyes on the product because it's only one show. You're not just getting rid of regular cable. You still have SmackDown on the USA Network. You still have uh, NXT going to the CW, which actually is network television, not even cable. So even if you don't have cable, you can get NXT. So WWE really has all bases covered. They have a show on cable television. They have a show on network television, and now they have a show on a streaming platform. Not only is it a streaming platform, it's one of the most popular streaming platforms, if not the most popular, Netflix. So overall, I think it's a major positive for WWE. Things I'm looking forward to on it personally is no commercials. I mean, no commercials is huge. Who the hell wants to sit through commercials as long as you have the ad-free version of Netflix, which I don't know anyone that has the Netflix with ads. So that's a major bonus. Also, I hope they go away from three hours. The three hours is ridiculous. The three hours was a USA request. So I hope they're done with that. I think they announced that they're going to stick with three hours, but we're still a year away. I think that can change with Triple H in charge. Triple H knows what's best for business. This guy has stated before 
He thinks three hours is a little bit of an overkill. Two hours is the sweet spot. Give us two action-packed, fun hours. You can cut out all the fat, cut out all the filler, give us all killer. And another thing I hope they do is take some risk production-wise. Step it up a little bit. Switch it up a little bit. Experiment. You also got rid of Kevin Dunn, who's been there forever. It's time to do new things. Shoot from different angles. Give us a different feel in the arena, different lighting, things like that. They have a chance to make wrestling exactly how the fans want it, and it's really exciting. We have a year until that. They have plenty of time to come up with ideas, but I'm excited. I think it's a new era, so it's time to come up with new ideas and give it a fresh new look. But overall, I'm loving the product. I think it's in great hands right now. Business is certainly booming, and I'm going to give myself the Barry Horowitz. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back because in 2021, I had an episode called Are We Entering the Third Boom Period? And I think we're here. I think we're living in it in 2024. This is a boom period. Look at the numbers. $5 billion. They're getting half a billion a year over 10 years. This is absurd amounts of money. And that's just for one show. You want to hear a comparison. And granted, it was a different year. But you want to hear just something to make you think a little bit. Disney purchased Marvel. Not a show, not a series, Marvel in its entirety for $4 billion. Netflix just paid WWE $5 billion for a limited time. 10 years is still a good time, but a limited time. And for one program. It just shows where the business is at right now. They're breaking records almost on a daily basis. And the product is amazing. The commercial success is through the roof. And shout out to Nick Khan because that guy has been crushing it ever since he got the job. And now you have The Rock involved. That just opens up so many different possibilities. Is The Rock going to be at WrestleMania? I expect him to be. He hinted at it today. He said he wants to do something big. He thinks him and Roman could be the biggest WrestleMania of all time. And I agree. It has that possibility. Given the roster currently, given the popularity that WWE currently has, and then you add in the fact that the storyline with Roman Reigns, who has been a champion for over three years, and he calls himself the head of the table, now you have The Rock, who quite literally is at the head of the table as a board of directors member. This has the ingredients to be an all-timer. Do we get there? We'll have to see. Things start this weekend when the road to WrestleMania officially kicks off. If you're a wrestling fan, you already know. The Royal Rumble is when it starts. The Royal Rumble is when that WrestleMania sign will be up in the rafters and and wrestlers will begin to point at the sign a little bit too much. They'll point at the sign and say, that's where I'm going. I'm going to WrestleMania. We will find out how that's going to take place, if that's going to take place in the coming weeks. But it all starts this Saturday in Tampa Bay, Florida. The Royal Rumble 2024 live on the Peacock app at 8 p.m. Eastern. Tune in. We have a card that is short and sweet. Only four matches announced so far. And granted, there is one more episode of SmackDown this week. So they could potentially add another match by the time you hear this and make it a solid five. But right now, we have four matches. I'm going to start with the Women's Royal Rumble. 30 women looking for a chance to main event WrestleMania. Only a few women have been announced. And I like that WWE is taking this approach. They're not announcing a ton of people for the Rumble. There's been years past where you look at the roster and you say, damn, 
there's already been 27 people announced. That leaves room for maybe three surprises. I like that they're leaving it open this year. They're leaving it up for mystery. You got the people in it that you know for sure are going to be in the Rumble, but they're leaving it open. They don't know, or we don't know, rather, who's going to be in it. I like that. Don't tell me every single member in it. I want to be surprised. I want there to be anticipation for almost every entrant, but the announced members right now of the Royal Rumble on the women's side is Bailey, Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, and Bianca Belair, four of their top stars. That's all we need because chances are one of them are going to win it, right? But you have a ton of opportunity here for surprises. So here's just a few that I think could be involved this year. And all of them are going to be involved. But I'm willing to bet that a few of these will. Jade Cargill, a woman who hasn't made her WWE debut yet. She's been in the company for months. She's been training. She was in AEW. She was undefeated in AEW until one of her last matches. She was something like 50-0 at one point. A megastar in my eyes. I think she's going to be one of the top women in all of wrestling by this time next year. That's the type of caliber of star that I think Jade Cargill is. I think she makes an impact in the Royal Rumble. I think she dominates. I think she eliminates someone like Nia Jax or someone of that stature to show that Jade Cargill is a legit threat to every woman on the WWE roster. So Jade Cargill, I believe, makes her debut. Naomi, who just left TNA, who had a good run there with with their women's championship. She has been rumored to sign with WWE, or re-sign rather. I think she makes her return at the Rumble. Sasha Banks. This one is a wild card. My personal favorite woman in all of wrestling. She has an opportunity here to really shock the world because a few weeks ago it was announced, oh, she supposedly has a deal with AEW. She should be arriving very shortly. Well, she hasn't arrived. And there hasn't really been much of a tease on AEW programming leading me to believe that she's going to show up. Could she show up tomorrow on AEW Dynamite? Absolutely. And I think that would actually be the best case for AEW if they put Sasha Banks out there tomorrow. That way, nobody's expecting her at the Rumble. But I think there is a small chance she re-signed with WWE. Her best friend, Bailey, works for WWE, just re-signed. Naomi, her other really good friend who left the company with her when they were the women's tag team champions, they both walked out because they didn't like the way they were booked. She's returning. So that tells me there is a chance for Sasha to return at the Rumble. I'm not expecting it, but I wouldn't be shocked if Sasha's music hits. Another one, Julia from Japan. One of the top women's free agents. Extremely talented woman. I think she's going to begin in NXT, but what a better way to start her career in WWE than to enter the Women's Rumble. Get some spotlight on her. Get her interacting with some of the top female stars in the business. Julia should be in this Rumble. Another name that's been gone for a while. We saw her mugshot, the most beautiful mugshot of all time. Cecilia, if you're listening to this, please forgive me. But I'm talking about Liv Morgan. I expect her to make her return at the Rumble. I expect her to have a good run in the Rumble as well. I think she's going to be one of the final four. That's my bold prediction. But let's not forget about the Hall of Famers. I expect Trish Stratus to make a return in the Rumble. She had a great run last year. Really impressive, really exceptional run, in my opinion. She had that phenomenal match with Becky Lynch at Payback. It was one of the best matches of either woman's career. 
Trish is still in great shape. I expect her to be in the Rumble. Another one, Lita. I could see her making a one-off appearance at the Rumble. She's made an appearance in a few other Rumbles in the past. Two other names I wouldn't be surprised about either is Michelle McCool, the wife of The Undertaker, and Molly Holly, who's been in a few Rumbles, and she still can go. So I think we're going to get a lot of surprises in the Women's Rumble, probably more in the Women's Rumble than the Men's Rumble. But overall, I'm expecting a really good one. A lot of storylines will intertwine here, especially if we get returns like Trish, Liv Morgan, and obviously we have the Becky Lynch and Nia Jack story that's been prominent on Raw. So as for predictions, I'm going with Bailey. I think Bailey needs this in her career. Bailey, to me, is a top five woman competitor in WWE history. She's involved in the best women's match I've ever seen. Her and Sasha Banks at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn was an absolute classic. Bailey is extremely underappreciated. I'm a huge fan of Bailey. I think she wins it. But if Bailey doesn't win it, my sleeper is Liv Morgan. I think there's a story to be told between Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, former tag team partners. I don't think that storyline is finished. I think you can re uh, tell that story in a different light. Both women are much better now. You have Rhea Ripley as the top dog in all of women's wrestling. And you have Liv Morgan, who's much improved. And I think that underdog story can still be told. But I'm picking Bailey. Bailey's my number one pick. Back up, I'm going with Liv Morgan. Up next, we got Kevin Owens challenging Logan Paul for the United States Championship. Logan Paul is your champion. This one was built up through a tournament. Kevin Owens won a tournament. He beat the likes of Santos Escobar, Carmelo Hayes, and Austin Theory on his way to get this championship shot. They had a little exchange on the microphone a few different times. Logan Paul basically saying, KO, I'm going to KO you. And Kevin Owens has been nursing a wrist injury. He has a cast on his hand. Logan Paul saying he's using that as a weapon rather than protection for his wrist. This has the makings of a really fun match. Logan Paul has been in nothing but fun matches his entire time in WWE. He's a great ambassador for the championship. He carries that belt everywhere. He showed up to UFC events with it, I believe. He showed up to his brother Jake Paul's boxing match with the U.S. title, even cutting a promo, talking trash about Rey Mysterio. Um, this dude is great promotion for WWE, so it's hard for me to predict that he's going to lose the championship. I'm not sure. If he loses to Kevin Owens, I think that's good for Kevin Owens' career because I think Kevin Owens kind of needs something right now. Kevin Owens is a tricky guy. He has a career that is extremely inconsistent. It's a wonderful career. Don't get me wrong. He's a future Hall of Famer, no doubt. Excellent in the ring. Excellent on the mic. Great character work. But they have been kind of a roller coaster with him as far as his booking goes. This guy was a former world champion. This guy has also main evented two WrestleManias, one with Stone Cold Steve Austin and another in a tag team championship match with his best friend Sami Zayn dethroning the Usos last year in one of the best storylines in wrestling. So Kevin Owens has these mountaintop moments, but then he also has times where it's like, oh, you kind of forget that he's a major player on the show. So does he lose to Logan Paul? I'm not sure. I think if he does lose, that's going to have to lead to a heel turn. And Kevin Owens as a heel is one of the best in the business. 
So that is kind of where I'm going with it. I could see KO losing, and then maybe within a month and a half on the road to WrestleMania, Kevin Owens turns heel, and we get the best version of KO, in my opinion. But if he wins, I mean, you have Kevin Owens as your U.S. champion. There's nothing wrong with that. Kevin Owens can carry that championship into a good feud with someone else. Him losing, though, I think the heel turn is really the only way to go because as a character, if Kevin Owens just comes up short to Logan Paul, is he just going to give it up and be like, oh, well, yeah, I guess I lost Logan Paul. What's next? It's hard to imagine that. So I'm kind of going with, I think Kevin Owens is going to win. I'm going to take Kevin Owens. I'm on record here saying I got Kevin Owens winning this. But if he loses, expect that heel turn pretty shortly. Up next, we have the WWE undisputed universal champion, Roman Reigns, defending his championship in a fatal four-way. This one is going to be fireworks. We got Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton versus AJ Styles versus L.A. Knight. Yeah, this one is going to be exceptional. I cannot wait for this match. This is a match that you look at on paper, right? And you say, well, it's obvious, right? Roman Reigns is going to defend his championship. This guy has been champion longer than some people's marriages last. This guy has been champion since 2020. We're in the year of our Lord, 2024. It seems like it's automatic. Roman Reigns defends, right? And I do think Roman Reigns retains the championship. Don't get me wrong. But the possibilities here are endless. It's a fatal four-way. If you're not familiar with a fatal four-way, the champion doesn't have to be pinned. The champion can lose his title without being defeated. You can have a scenario where Randy Orton, RKO's AJ Styles, pins him one, two, three. Randy Orton is your new champion. I think Randy Orton walking out with the championship has a little bit of a possibility. A little bit. Hear me out. Randy Orton walks out champion. Roman Reigns is upset, whatever, throws a fit. Out comes the Rock's music. You have Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. No title involved. The head of the table is what they're fighting for. It's bigger than the championship. It's bigger than wrestling. Randy Orton is the champ. You have a scenario where Cody Rhodes, whether it's through the Rumble, whether it's through Elimination Chamber, whether it's through a match on Raw, Cody Rhodes somehow is the number one contender. There is a way to have Cody Rhodes versus his mentor, Randy Orton, the guy he started WWE with as a part of Legacy, as Randy Orton's lackey. Cody Rhodes preaches about wanting to finish his story. What better way to finish your story than with the guy you began it with? And I know my man Hitman loves this theory. We've talked about this many times. It's a great way to do it. But taking the title off Roman is tricky. You have a guy who's established this equity that I think needs to be handed over. That's just my opinion. I think the best way for Roman's reign to end is have someone pin him for it. I don't think the Fatal 4-Way is the best idea, but I won't be mad at it if we get Randy versus Cody for the title because that story is an incredible one that needs to be told. So likely... I think Reigns walks out with the title. 
But there is that, that possibility. Randy Orton walks out with it. There is a possibility. L.A. Knight, one of the hottest guys in all of wrestling, walks out with this championship. AJ Styles, I think that ship has sailed on him being a world champion at this particular time. I could be wrong, but that's just my theory on it. I think Styles had his run. He had a great run. But now he's at a point of his career where he's used to elevate things. He's used to elevate this match. His presence in this match is going to make the quality of the match much better, but that doesn't necessarily mean he has to win it. So I'm going with Roman, but I mean, there is a possibility of Roman walking out without his championship because he doesn't have to be beat to lose his belt. But this four-way is going to be a great match. That's for sure. I don't think there's any question about it. You have four great wrestlers going into this ring, and they're going to put on a hell of a match. It's probably why this card, at least for now, is only four matches because this match is going to go long. This is going to be a knockdown drag out. There's going to be carnage everywhere, tables broken probably, chairs involved, RKOs left and right, phenomenal forearms, 450 splashes. You're going to get a few spears, a Superman punch here and there. This is going to be a lot of fun. And I love the storyline going into it because all three of these guys have a legitimate beef with Roman Reigns because a while back, AJ Styles was scheduled to have a tag match. It was going to be him and John Cena against, was it Solo and Roman or Solo and Jimmy? I actually forget which two members of the bloodline it was. But you had AJ Styles and John Cena supposed to be involved in this match, but the bloodline injures AJ Styles. In reality, I think he had his own injury so he needed time off but in storyline the blood the bloodline take aj out so la knight steps in as aj's replacement and la knight is red hot at this time la knight steps in there with cena crowd goes crazy he gets the tag match instead of aj styles that leads to a singles match la knight gets a championship match against roman reigns at crown jewel in saudi arabia that match was originally supposed to be aj styles title match So AJ Styles comes back from his little injury, comes back jacked to the gills, by the way. And he has a problem with LA Knight. Of course, he wants to go after the guys that attacked him in the bloodline, but he's looking at LA Knight like, hey, you walked over my dead body to get to a title match. You took my spot. Now I have a beef with you. And then you have Randy Orton, who has been out for over a year, He just returned at Survivor Series in November. He's been out of wrestling legit over a year, had back surgery, but in storyline, it was the bloodline that took him out, so he wants revenge. He signed with SmackDown to get his revenge on Roman Reigns. So he wants revenge. LA Knight wants revenge because in LA Knight's title match, he got screwed out of the title by Solo Sokoa, so he has a legitimate claim for the championship. And then AJ's like, hey, I never got my shot. And I don't like L.A. Knight for what he did, so I'm in this match. It makes for a great dynamic. These guys are all going to be kicking each other's ass. This is going to be match of the night. And then finally, we got the Men's Royal Rumble. If you're a wrestling fan like I am, you know the Royal Rumble just has that special feeling to it. The Men's Rumble, and no disrespect to the women, the Women's Rumble is just newer. The Men's Rumble has been around forever. The men's rumble just has that feeling to it, man. It just has that feeling like something special is going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. There's drama in the countdown. The crowd goes 10, 9, 8, eh. Like, we don't know who is going to be 
the next entrant. It's the most fun match in all of wrestling. The stakes cannot be any higher. You're going for the main event of the biggest show of the year. And we have a 2024 Rumble that really is one of the most anticipated in quite some time. Last year's was fun, but going into it, it was a little bit predictable. We kind of felt like Cody Rhodes was going to return and win it because it was announced that he was coming back. He was coming back from the pectoral injury. And it just made sense that he was going to win the Rumble. This year, a little bit different, isn't it? We have two major favorites, and then we have two strong secondary choices, and then one dark horse. The favorites are clearly CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. CM Punk making his appearance for the first time in the Rumble in 10 years. This was actually the event that led him to walk out of WWE. He walked out the night after Rumble in 2014. Now he's back. This is his first televised WWE match in over 10 years. He did have several WWE live event matches with Dominic Mysterio, but essentially this is his return match. It's the Rumble. He's come back for one reason and one reason only. He said that is to headline WrestleMania. He wants to finish his story. He don't give a damn about Cody Rhodes' story. On the other hand, we have Cody Rhodes, a guy who won the Rumble last year, a guy who came up short at WrestleMania to Roman Reigns, a guy that wants to finish his story, wants to win the championship that his daddy never won. He wants to be the face of the company and the man in all of wrestling. To do that, he has to win the WWE Championship. He wants to do it at WrestleMania. Can he run it back? Can he win the Rumble twice in a row? Only a few guys in history have done that. Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, that's the list. Only three guys in the history of wrestling have won the Rumble back-to-back. Cody Rhodes looks to join that illustrious list. And then also, we have a guy by the name of Gunther, a guy that is a dominant force. He has not been pinned in well over a year. He is the Intercontinental Champion. He is the most dominant champion, not named Roman Reigns in all of wrestling. This guy is a killer. Last year, he entered the Rumble at number two, or was it number one? And he lasted all the way until the end with Cody Rhodes. This guy cut a great promo the other night, last night actually, on Raw. And he stated he's coming for Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, of course, if you didn't know, is injured. He has a sprained MCL or torn MCL, rather. And he required surgery. Doctor said he'd be out for four to six months. He said, eh, eh, I'm going to WrestleMania. He said, I'm going to rehab this leg, do whatever it takes to get to WrestleMania, to defend this championship and walk out as champion. And Gunther said, yeah, well, I'm going to win the Rumble. And when I do win it, I'm coming for you. I'm targeting your leg. I'm targeting your back. I'm doing anything possible to take that championship from you. I don't think enough people are considering Gunther a legitimate threat to win this Rumble. I think there's a strong possibility he wins this Rumble. Because last night, if you were paying attention, WWE set up two major feuds. We all assume it's going to be Rollins and Punk at WrestleMania. There's a story there. There's a real life to it. It's a great feud, don't get me wrong. But last night, they set up Gunther and Rollins for the championship in the promo I just mentioned, and CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. These two guys had a fantastic segment. Check it out if you didn't see it. CM Punk basically telling Cody, my dad's an electrician. Your dad's a pro wrestler. It's ironic because that makes me more the American dream than you. And then Cody fired back saying, all those things you talked about, making a revolution and leaving 
and doing all these things, I actually did them. You just spoke about them. That makes me more CM Punk than you. So these guys taking personal shots at each other, building the animosity. Maybe it's just for the Rumble. Maybe that's enough juice to get us fired up because it got me fired the hell up. I can't wait for this Rumble. But maybe it's more than that. Maybe that is a WrestleMania feud. If it's not a WrestleMania feud, they will certainly pick that up somewhere down the line. But the fact that there's this many possibilities heading into the Rumble is a credit to Triple H. This guy has been killing it. He did it in NXT in, what was it, 2017, 2018, even early 2019, where NXT was on fire. We knew that Triple H was capable of this. It was just, can he get to the main roster? Are they going to give him the book? Are they going to hand over the keys to the kingdom? And Triple H has been destroying it. He's planting all these seeds. And that's how you create good stories. You leave all these paths open, and we don't know which direction they're going to go. But all of them will eventually tie in because he's done it in NXT. I've seen the guy do it. I don't have to question it. I know what he's capable of. So I'm along for the ride. I'm really interested in this. I mentioned the two favorites, Punk, Cody, and then you have Gunther there. Another guy is Drew McIntyre, a guy that has really done everything right. He's a heel, but if you look at what he's done, he's kind of justified in his actions. He's been screwed by the bloodline. He's been screwed out of opportunities, been overpassed, overlooked, and all he's done is bust his ass and dominate and win matches for the most part. He had Roman Reigns beat, and he got screwed out of the title. So he's looking to get back to the top of the mountain. He was champion right before COVID. Actually, he won the Rumble right before COVID. And then when he won the championship, there were no fans. He didn't get a chance to have a true flourishing championship run. Is he going to get that opportunity? I don't think he is, but he has to be in consideration as a top five favorite for this Rumble. But the dark horse, the guy that nobody's talking about because he isn't officially in the Rumble, is the man we mentioned at the top of the show, the people's champion, The Rock. The Rock could enter this Rumble at number 30, eliminate whatever jabronis are in there, and he could say, Roman Reigns, you have no choice but to meet me at WrestleMania. If you smell what The Rock is cooking, he can literally come out at 30, whoop someone's ass, and cash his ticket. That way, it will fill any plot holes to say, why does The Rock come in and get a title shot? Well, he just won the Rumble. How about that? That is a story that writes itself. And I think that has a strong possibility of happening. I'm all for it. If I'm booking the damn territory, I was telling my friend Jaron recently, if I'm booking this shit, I'm having The Rock come in and win the Rumble. That way you have Rock Roman, and then Punk, Cody, and the rest of these guys can figure it out in the Elimination Chamber, and they can decide who goes to WrestleMania who challenges Seth Rollins, and all that fun stuff. But The Rock winning the Rumble, to me, is box office. That's how you kickstart WrestleMania. That's how you make this match between Roman Reigns and The Rock as big as possible, because nobody can question it. Why is The Rock the champ getting the title shot? He didn't win any matches. Well, he just won the Rumble. So now what? So I think that is definitely a possibility, but that's just part of what makes this Rumble so fun. They can go so many different ways with it. You can have, let's talk about some other surprises that we could possibly see. I mentioned The Rock. That would obviously be a huge surprise and the biggest possible. But here's some other guys that I was thinking that could possibly be in it. X-Pac. I only say X-Pac because, for one, he's good friends with Triple H. 
He's good friends with Shawn Michaels as well, who runs NXT. But he recently tweeted something about he's not cleared or not in shape, something like that. There's no chance I'll be in the Rumble. Like, okay, that was completely random. Nobody was asking about you being in the Rumble. But since you just mentioned it, maybe you will be in the Rumble. Another guy, Hulk Hogan. Yes, that Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan on Raw had a little Rumble preview and said, you never know who's going to show up. I might have one more left in me. There's a possibility Hulk Hogan comes out there for maybe 30 seconds and gets his ass tossed out. But hey, the crowd will pop huge for it. Regardless of how we feel about Hogan or Terry Bollea, the real person, Hulk Hogan, the character, is still one of the most iconic of all time. I'm not going to be mad if he's in the Rumble. Another guy, Big E. This one's a long shot. He had a career-threatening and life-threatening neck injury. He may never wrestle again. But if he does, and he's from Florida, the crowd would go banana, as Pat Patterson used to say, rest in peace. The crowd would go nuts. And if you guys didn't get the Pat Patterson reference, I only mentioned him because Pat Patterson is the guy who designed the Royal Rumble, the guy who made up the Royal Rumble. He's also the first Intercontinental Champion ever. He's also a pioneer of the business. Look up Pat Patterson for the younger fans who don't know who he is. But also, Ken Shamrock is a guy who I thought of. Why? Because he recently signed a deal with WWE, and I had friends of mine texting me, oh, Ken Shamrock signed with WWE, isn't he old? Listen, he signed it to be on a Legends contract so they can put him in video games and things like that, but he could definitely make a one-off appearance in a Royal Rumble and stand, stand in there for a minute or two. Why not? Ken Shamrock coming out, I think that would be pretty cool. Next up, Matt Cardona. Some people might be saying, who? Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, he's been on a tear in the independents ever since he left WWE. His wife, Chelsea Green, had returned to WWE last year at the Royal Rumble. She's been on a good run. Matt Cardona could enter this Rumble as a one-off type thing. I think that would be pretty fun. That would definitely pop the crowd, especially if they play his music. I think that would be really fun. This guy had one of the biggest pops at WrestleMania 32. I was there. This guy won the Intercontinental title in a ladder match, and the crowd went insane. So Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, would definitely get a nice reaction on this Royal Rumble. Next up, I have the face that runs the place, John Cena. What do I even have to say? I mean, this is one of the greatest of all time. John Cena, of course, was involved in WrestleMania last year. He also went on a run towards the end of the year for about two and a half months. This guy still has a little bit left in the tank. He said he wants to retire at 50. That means he has about four years left. Not a full-time competition, but of one-offs here and there. And I think the Rumble will be a perfect place. Set up something for WrestleMania, eliminate a couple guys, and then get eliminated by someone that would start a feud or something like that. But having John Cena involved in this Rumble in any capacity is a major plus. Think about him interacting with guys like CM Punk, guys like Gunther, guys like Cody Rhodes, and potentially The Rock. I mean, that would be amazing. I mean, think about the names I just listed. Obviously, all these guys are going to be in it, but the possibility of them being there is what makes it so special. This Rumble has the chance to be an all-timer. Me and Kevin, who is going to be the co-host on this wrestling edition of the podcast, we have a ranking episode of Royal Rumbles coming up, and this one, on paper, could potentially make that list. Of course, it has to deliver in reality. We're going to see Saturday, but I'm kind of glad we're doing our rankings after this Rumble because this one does really have a shot at being mentioned in those rankings. We can't wait to bring that to you. Stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend, like it, all that fun stuff. But real quick, to wrap up this Rumble preview, I talked about all those potential surprises. My pick 
is CM Punk. I do think that that is the best choice, unless, of course, you have that rock appearance like I mentioned earlier. But I'm going with CM Punk to win this one. I wouldn't be shocked if Gunther wins it. I wouldn't be shocked if Cody runs it back. And, of course, if we get a surprise like The Rock. Another guy I actually forgot to mention, I don't think he's going to win it, but I do expect him to show up. Brock Lesnar, another guy who could be some much-welcomed star power to this Rumble. The Brock has been off TV for a while. Brock typically makes his comeback around Mania season, and we all know this kicks off Mania season. So what better way than a random number to pop up and you hear, dun, 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 dun. Brock Lesnar is on his way to the ring to unleash pain on everybody in it. And I spoke about the winner who I picked to be CM Punk, but let's talk about real quick about some of the things that could take place inside the Rumble and lead to other feuds. I mentioned Brock Lesnar coming back. I'd love to see him interact with a guy like Gunther. Brock versus Gunther at WrestleMania, injected into my veins. That will be a war. Another guy that I think is going to make some noise in this Rumble, Jay Uso, main event Jay Uso. I wouldn't be surprised if he interacts with his brother Jimmy and they set up their feud for WrestleMania, one-on-one, brother versus brother. That has all the makings of a classic. Another guy I'm looking forward to being in this Rumble is the Money in the Bank briefcase holder, Damian Priest. This guy catches a lot of heat. A lot of people don't like him. I'm not a fan of Judgment Day, but I am a little bit of a fan of Damian Priest. I think he has a lot of talent. I don't think he's a world champion, but I am interested in the story. He's carrying the briefcase, but he's also in the Rumble. The other guys, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, I believe they're going to be in the Rumble. So there's chances for turmoil there. That's probably going to lead to something, whether it's Balor versus Priest, whether it's Balor versus Dominic. That Judgment Day crew is going to implode one way or the other. I'm looking forward to that. But there's one guy outside of The Rock. There is one guy that I would love to see in this Royal Rumble that would change WWE for the better. And that guy is Kazuchika Okada. One of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time. A guy that has been involved in three of the best matches I have ever seen in my entire life. Kazuchika Okada from Japan has a chance to pop up in this Royal Rumble. Sounds crazy. But it's true. This guy is finally leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's been there since, I believe, 07 or 08, something like that. Okada is that guy. There has been rumors circulating, and I'm not saying they're true. They're rumors for a reason, that WWE is close to signing Okada. If that's true, you do everything in your power to get him into this Rumble. I know his contract doesn't expire until the end of the month. You cut a deal with New Japan, give him some extra money, maybe do a talent exchange, do whatever you can to get Okada in this Royal Rumble because that will be a major statement. Okada has not wrestled inside a WWE ring. He needs to make an impact immediately. He is a top star. This guy was the first wrestler in over 50 years outside of WWE to headline Madison Square Garden. I was there in attendance. It was phenomenal. This guy is a legit star. He transcends language barriers. He is a star in every sense of the word. He is the rainmaker. He is Kazuchika Okada. If you're not familiar with him, get familiar with him. He is one of the best to ever lace up boots. If they get him in the Royal Rumble, I'm jacked up. I'm fired the hell up. I'm all in on Kazuchika Okada, whether it's AEW, WWE, All Japan, 
TNA, wherever he lands, is must-see television. If Okada enters this Rumble, have him win the damn thing. <laughs> I mean, I know that's not a possibility, but I'm just saying that's how fired up I would be for Okada. But in the end, I'm going with my man, the best in the world, CM Punk. Let me know what you guys think. At me on Twitter, at someone else. At me on Instagram, at someone else with an underscore. Check this out. It's probably going to be on YouTube eventually. You can like it, subscribe, all that stuff. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Don't forget to give me that five-star review in Apple Podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. I'm out.